Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor, and we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's Word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Especially in these last uh, couple of months here, as we've been uh, doing all the renovations, and, and I just want to thank Everyone that has come down here and worked hard and done everything. I mean, we had so many, so many great people. Uh, uh, Joe Zontak did all the construction. John Pelkey did all the electrical work. Plus countless of other people that came and just did, you know, tons of stuff. My father-in-law, Ramey. I can't even mention everybody. But thank you guys. Give yourselves a big round of applause. I, uh, I am just so grateful. But anyhow, we are continuing on our series. We started it last week called Hello, My Name Is. And it's like you go to, you go to you know, a business thing and they have those little stickers out there. And it's like, Hello, My Name Is. And you got to like write your name down and you slap it on. And, and I always hate wearing those things. But, um, but you know, we, we do that so we can socialize. Well, in, in our lives, a lot of times we take those stickers and we write things down on them, don't we? Hello, My Name Is... Loser. Hello, my name is illegitimate. Hello, my name is unworthy. Hello, my name is addicted. And we write these things on these tags and we wear them on our lives. And it changes and it, or, or it affects how we treat everybody and how they treat us. Well, all throughout the Bible, we see people and they had certain names. And then when they would come in contact with God, God would change their name. He would change their name from something that maybe was, was, was discouraging to something that had potential. And so in this series, we're, we're looking at the names that God wants to give us. He wants to peel that sticker off and put on a new name. And today, the one that I, I think that, that God wants to put on us is, hello, my name is, is Masterpiece. Masterpiece. You know, I, I love art. Does anybody else in here love art? Anybody like art? Okay, some of you guys. The rest of you guys, maybe you don't get it or whatever. I understand. Um, but I love art. Now, don't, don't confuse the topic. I'm not saying I'm an artist, you know. I can't paint. I can't draw to save my life. But I love art. And so we go to, go to some of these great art museums. We've been to, to, to several different ones, uh, usually just in the, in the area. Uh, my wife's been to some in Europe. I haven't yet, but, uh, but we you know, went to the museum. Uh, was it Mass Mocha, the Museum of Contemporary Art in Massachusetts? And you know, we've been to, to uh, you know Museum of Modern Art in New York City. What a fantastic art gallery that is. Yale Art Museum. If you, if you like art, go to Yale Art Museum, man. It's free, and they have amazing stuff there. Anyhow, um, so we're, my wife and I, last year, we're in the Museum of Modern Art, MoMA, in, uh, in New York City, and we're walking around. We're looking at art, right? We're looking at art. We're looking at all this stuff. We're like, wow, this is great. And then we come around a corner, and, and if you don't like art, you're probably not going to relate to this. And we come around the corner, and we turn, and right there is Star Night. Like, I, I was blown, I didn't even know it was there. And you got that picture? This is my wife in front of Starry Night. Star, like, like, you can get that close to it. I'm like, that's, that's way too close. This thing was painted by Van Gogh in 1889. And, and I was looking, I'm like, this is incredible. I'm just blown away by this masterpiece. You know, I, I love seeing how people take these worthless materials, like wood and, and canvas and pigment, and they make it into something that's priceless. We saw other artwork there. Let's see what else, what else was there. 
This, Salvador Dali. I love Salvador Dali. This is, this is clocks, one of his more famous things. This is one of his less famous things. Go ahead. This is a cup and spoon made out of deer hide. I don't... Some art I don't get, okay? I will be honest with you. I don't understand the deer hide uh, cup and saucer thing. Next one. Look at that whole thing. That's a Monet. Look how big that thing... I mean, I couldn't even get the whole thing in the picture. Uh, beautiful Monet. Next one. I think I have one more, maybe. Jackson Pollock. Now, some of you guys don't get art like this, right? So you're like, oh, that... But I love it. I don't know why. Just something about it. I love Pollock's stuff. And, and, and here's the thing, is they take these things that are, that are seemingly worthless, and they combine them together, and they make these masterpieces. They take the regular paint and canvas and, and whatever, and boom, a Van Gogh is created. A Dolly is created. A Picasso, a Pollock has been created. These valuable pieces of art were created with the most ordinary, worthless materials. Let's look at what Scripture says in Psalms 119, starting in verse 1. It says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. How many craftsmen do we have here? Craftsmen or artists, raise your hand. Some of you. Some of you guys don't want to admit it because you think that I'm going to put you to work. I get it. So... uh, no, I, we, you know, this building was the work uh, of, of a lot of people. And, you know, we got another picture here. You got that first picture? See that room right there? That's where you're sitting right now, okay? That, that's what it looked like when we came in here. It was, it was not very attractive. Let's see, get that other one. It, for those of you that checked your kids into Thrive Kids, that's what Thrive Kids looked like when we got here. But it was the work of craftsmen, of people that were passionate, you know, and it's funny because, because I, I, I kind of joked with, with Joe uh, because he came up to me like, like four months ago, three, four months ago, and he says, because I, I hear you're buying a building, I'm a contractor, I'd like to help. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, I took his card, and I'm like, whatever. And so we emailed the time or two, but that was, I didn't really think much of it. And then, and then he comes up to me a month later, he's like, God told me I'm building the church. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, buddy. I'm like, I don't know what you've been smoking, but he's got to tell me that too. And, and lo and behold, it worked out, and he did it, and he did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. All the woodwork you see around this, the bar, the table, all that, he built that. I mean, just did a great, great job on it. But do you know why we're craftsmen? Do you know why we're artists? Because... We take after God, who himself is a craftsman, who himself is an artist, who himself is creative. In fact, the very first attribute we learn about God is this, in Genesis 1.1, the very first verse in the entire Bible. If you read the Bible from front to back, this is what you'll see. In the beginning, God did what? Created. In the beginning, God created. We, don't, we haven't learned about his love. We haven't learned about his anger. We haven't learned about forgiveness. We've not learned about anything about him. But the very first thing we learn about God is that in the beginning, God created. So that's the first thing, if we're taking notes, the first thing we learn is that God is creative. And it's part of God's nature to create things and, and make things beautiful. He took something worthless, the dust from the ground, and he formed it into something valuable. Man, woman. So we're going to read 
in Ephesians. This is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And it says this. He says, once you were dead. Now, now here are some things. If, if, if Christ is not in your life, these are some things that are true about you. And if Christ is in your life, then these are things that were previously true about you. Once you were dead. Now, not, not, not physically dead, not six feet under the ground. Once you were spiritually dead because of your disobedience and many sins. Verse 2, you used to live in sin. We all used to live in sin. Some of us are still living in sin. But you used to live in sin. Just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Verse 3, all of us used to live that way. All of us. I used to live that way. You used to live that way. Some of you, if you haven't put your faith in Christ, you're still living that way. It's just saying this is just, this is just how we all are. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, what does it say? We were subject to God's anger. So there's three things. If we're not, if we're not walking in a relationship with Jesus Christ, here's three things that are true about you. That you're, you're spiritually dead, you used to live in sin, and we're the subject of God's anger just like everyone else. Verse 4. What's those two words? But God. Say that together. But God. If you're taking notes, underline that. Circle it. Put lines and arrows pointing to it. But God. Because whenever we see but God, we know something's about to change. We know something's about to be different. He's saying you were spiritually dead. You were, you were lost in sin. You were the subject of God's anger. But God... Is so rich in mercy. And He loved us so much that even though we were dead in our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Write this down. Without Christ, there is something wrong with you. People come, I just feel like something's wrong with me. Yeah, you're right. Something's wrong. Like, do you want me to give you the whole list or just the top ten? There's something wrong. If you don't have Christ in your life, there's something that's wrong. There's something that's broken in us. We're spiritually dead. We're sinful. We're the subject of God's anger. But God. But God. Yeah, we're lost in sin. But God can change us in a moment through Jesus Christ. See, without Christ, there's something wrong with us. But with Christ, you are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. You are His work of art. You are His painting, His sculpture. Sculpture? Sculpture? Sculpture, yeah. You're that. He sculpted you. He made you. With God, with God, you're not just a creation of some random artist. You're, you're the, the creation of the one that created the Pablo Picassos and the Leonardo da Vinci's. You, you're the masterpiece of God himself. Continuing in verse 8, it says, God saved you by his grace. He saved you by his grace. He loved you so much. He's like, here, I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you some, some riches that you don't deserve. You didn't earn this. I'm going to give you my favor anyway. 
He says he saved you by his grace when you believe. See, belief is taking that first step. Saying, I put my faith, I put my trust in God. I'm taking that first step of belief. I'm believing in him. And when I believe, then God extends his grace to me. God saved you by his grace. When you believe, you can't take credit for it. A lot of people try to take credit for their faith. They try to take credit for their relationship with God. Here in scripture says you can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. Somebody gives you a gift, like, you can't go around and say, look, look at this great thing I just bought. Look at this great thing I just painted. No, no, that was a gift to you from someone else. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So many people go around and say, uh, when I get to heaven, I'm just going to say, God, look at all the good things I, I did, and he'll let me in. That's not how it goes. He says, salvation isn't a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. It doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how religious you look or how religious you talk or if you lift your hands, you don't lift your hands, or if you sit or you carry a Bible, you dress nice, you don't dress nice. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how hard you try. It's not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. Verse 10, though, this is what we're getting at here. For we are what? God's masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why did he create us new in Christ Jesus? Why did he do that? Why did he make us new? Why did he forgive our sins and our past? Why did he set us free from the things that have held us back so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago? When an artist creates something, he creates it with a purpose. He creates it to be possibly hung on a wall or displayed, or maybe he creates it to be used for some specific purpose. He has created us new in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. The Greek word here for the word masterpiece is poema. Poema is, is uh, the, the meaning of that is, is workmanship. Workmanship or, or masterpiece. It's craftsmanship. You are his workmanship. He puts you together. He chose your skin color. He chose your nationality. He chose where you would be born. He chose how you would look. He chose your personality and he gave it to you. I read an interesting study about mirrors. Anybody ever look in the mirror? Ra- oh, come on. Raise your hand if you look in the mirror. The rest of you are lying. You're going to hell. <laughs> Welcome to Thrive Church. We want to make you feel good about yourself. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. Somebody's going to be like, Pastor, I'm not going to hell. But, no, but um, they, they did a study of men versus women. Who looks in the mirror most? Guess who it was? Men. Men. men look in the mirror on average 23 times a day. Women look in the mirror on average 16 times a day. But this is interesting. This is, there's a big difference. There's a big difference. When women look in the mirror, they look at their unattractive parts of their body. They look to try to make themselves look nicer. They look, you know, oh, that that pimple's still there. They're noticing things like that. You know what guys look in the mirror for? They're admiring themselves. (laughs) They're like, I do look jacked, you know? Man, you look good today. It's totally different. Like, you are a masterpiece, man. Like, like I, I received that, okay? 
Women, they look in there like, man, I, I wish I had, you know, more here and less there, you know? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. We, we look in there and, and we're comparing ourselves to others. Guys are just like, yeah, man, you, you just, you got it, man. <laughs> you got what it takes. Some people feel more like a mess than a masterpiece, though, don't they? In our lives, sometimes we feel like I've just done too much wrong. I'm just too big of a mess for God to fix. I'm not a masterpiece. I'm a mess. When I was a kid, I was in first grade, and I felt that way. I don't know why. Maybe somebody was picking on me because I wore glasses or something. But anyhow, I felt like really down on myself. And I was like just really feeling horrible. And I was, I don't remember even where it was, but I saw this little poster. And it had this quote on there. And it, and it like, like literally at five years old, it like revolutionized my world then. And it said this. It's in, it's in your notes. It said, um, I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. Now, it's not proper grammar. I know some of you are like, that's a double negative. No, um, forget that for a moment. I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. And when I realized, I was like, oh, yeah. God didn't screw up when he made me. He didn't mess up when he made me. I know I'm somebody because God didn't make junk. He made something worthwhile. He made a masterpiece. And even though I don't like it that much, I can't appreciate that kind of art. I can't appreciate what God made me into. I realize nonetheless that I am God's masterpiece. Made new in Christ Jesus. Write this down in your notes though. We are saved by doing good things. We, I'm sorry, we aren't saved by doing good things. <laughs> Whew. Let's try that again. We aren't saved by doing good things. We are saved to do good things. There's a big difference there, isn't there? We're not saved by the good works that we do. We're saved so we can go and do good works for others. So that we can serve the people around us, the communities around us, the people that maybe have not put their faith in Christ just yet. We're saved so that we can make a difference. God wants to give us a relationship with Him. He wants to make us right with Him so that we can make a difference, so that we can bring glory to God and not to ourselves. Some of you might not feel like you're that good. Maybe you don't feel like you're that talented. Maybe you feel like you're not that attractive or that skilled. Like, man, I just wish I was more attractive like that person. I wish I could sing better. I wish I could paint. I wish I had these skills. I wish I had those those talents and those, those abilities. You might not feel... That good, but you've been remade, remade if you've put your faith and trust in God. He says you've been made new in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new has become. You are a masterpiece that has been created for His purpose to bring glory to God. And your notes, jot this down. I am God's masterpiece made new in Christ Jesus to do what God created me to do. Let's say that together. Okay, ready on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. I am God's masterpiece made new in Jesus to do what God created me to do. Let's say it like we actually mean it this time, okay? I am God's masterpiece made new in Jesus to do what God created me to do. You know what I notice about masterpieces? Masterpieces aren't made by accident. You ever notice that? It's not an accident. You don't walk into the Museum of Modern Art, turn around and see Starry Night, and like, oh my goodness, how did that happen? (laughs) That's just an amazing accident. They must have been hiking through the woods and found that one day. No, it doesn't happen by accident. You know what the cost of an average person 
question is, like if you took all the enzymes and chemicals and minerals in your body, they've added it up in the bones and the organs and the eyes and every single thing. And for an average sized person, if you add it all up, it's around $6 million. You hear about the $6 million man? You are the $6 million man. You're the $6 million woman. That, that's what God has invested in, in just our body. $6 million. $6 million is, is, is all these things. That's for the average sized person. So some of you are worth more than others. <laughs> right? It's like you're not, just, you're not overweight. You're just more valuable, you know? That's the cost of an average person. But, you know, God has put so much, even more than that in us, with our gifts and our abilities and our talents. Because your value isn't based on who you are. It's based on whose you are. It's based on whose you are. I'm a child of the King. I am His masterpiece. My value is not in me alone, but it's in who created me. It's in who made me. You know, we, uh, several years ago, my wife and I were on a cruise, and, and we, we are going around. They had these art auctions. We see this art, and we're like, man, that looks horrible. Like, what's going on with this person's face? Like, the nose is over here, and the eyes, like, over here, and other body parts are going other weird ways, and I don't get it. And then, and then we see in the art auction, it's like, it's like $200,000 for this thing, and they're like, oh, that's an original Picasso. I'm like, Picasso, man, you were messed up a little bit. <laughs> but it's not about the art. It's about the artist. You know, last month I heard in the news about these people in France, and they were, they were going to fix a leaky roof. And they hired someone, and the, and the, the building, you know, the, whoever, the, con, the contractor's up there digging around in the attic, and they find a painting. And they pull it down, and it ends up, they, they check it out. It's a 400-year-old painting. They appraised it, get this, $136 million. Imagine this. These people are living in comparative poverty because they don't realize what they have. They don't realize the value that's already there. They're going about their lives, working their jobs, living their lives, not realizing that they have something so valuable that they'd never even have to work again. Write this down. When you criticize yourself, get this, you're criticizing God's masterpiece. Oh, I'm just not good enough. I don't look good enough. I'm not smart enough. I, I just can't get good grades. I, I, I just People don't like me. I'm, I just have a horrible personality. When you criticize yourself, you're criticizing God's masterpiece. Because, like with that Picasso, it doesn't matter so much what the painting looks like. What matters is who did the painting. You hear what I'm saying? If I went out there and I drew that picture like Picasso did, it would not be worth anything. It would be only worth, you know, just throwing it in the garbage. But when he would do it, in fact, I, I heard what he would do. He would go to restaurants and he would eat out and, and he, would, uh, he would pay for things and he would write out a check to pay for his dinner. And guess what he would do? He would doodle all over the check. Just draw all over the check, leave it there, walk out. Never once was one of those checks cashed. 
Because people saw them like, I don't care what the value of this check, the dollar amount, because what's on here is more worthwhile. I doodle on a check and people will be like, no, I don't want that. All I want is what the value is. But man, it doesn't matter what the masterpiece looks like. It matters who the artist was. We're all wearing clothes here today. Good job. <laughs> it's a good thing. We're wearing, in the back of our clothes usually has a label, right? And what does the label say? The label says who made it? Who, who designed it? Who put the effort, the time, and energy into making this? We were made in the image of God. You were created in the image of God. So, so God doesn't make junk. You are His masterpiece. He has created you new in Christ Jesus. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He's, he made you to serve a purpose. In all of history, think about this. In all of history, God chose this small slice of time, this 60 or 70 or 80 or 90 or hopefully 100 years for you. He picked this small slice in time for you. He said, I'm going to put you there because that's when you're going to be most effective. And, and I'm going to have you, you know, Grow up in a broken family. I want to have you grow up in this situation. I'm going to have you have, have a different nationality. I'm going to put you in a situation maybe it's not so comfortable because I'm working something in you. I'm making you into my masterpiece. And we complain about our IQ. We complain about our grades and our, and our nationality and our looks. And we don't realize that God has created us the way he wanted us to be. He's created us to serve a purpose, to bring him glory and honor. How dare we criticize his masterpiece? But many don't believe that they're a masterpiece, and some of you here may believe, believe that. You say, I, I'm just not a masterpiece. And we look around and we get masterpiece envy. Like, oh, that person, they're a masterpiece, but I'm not an, a masterpiece. And I, I wish I had the features that they had. I wish I looked more like them. I wish I acted more like them. I wish I had that ability. And we don't understand that God gave us everything that we need to do everything that he wants us to do. Listen to Romans 8.28. This is, this is my favorite verse. In fact, it's so much my favorite verse that if you're here and you want to get on the Wi-Fi, This is the password, Romans 8, 28, <laughs> uppercase R. Um, it says, and we know that God causes what? Everything to work together for the good of those. Now, see, a lot of people say this. They, they just stop there. They're like, for God causes everything to work together for good. Oh, great. That means I can do whatever I want, and God's just going to work it out for good. No, they don't read the rest of the verse. Cause everything to work together for good for those who what? Love God. Love God. And what? Are called according to his purpose. Are you called to his purpose? Have you realized that he's made you a masterpiece? He's given you a purpose. And are we living that purpose? Or are we like that priceless, or that, 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 not priceless, but $136 million piece of art hiding in an attic? Not doing anybody any good. He causes it to work together for good. If we're called to what? Called to his purpose. If you're in Christ, you are his masterpiece. And he uses everything in our lives to shape us. See, that's what this is talking about. It doesn't matter if you're going through good times. It doesn't matter if you're going through bad times. You might have had difficult times. You might have had, had all kinds of crazy things thrown at you. And God is using those like a sculptor chipping away 
at different things in our life. He's using that to shape us. He's using it to work these things together. Good. He wants to change our lives. He wants to bring His peace to our messy canvas. And write this down. If we want the Master's peace, we need to know that we are His masterpiece. We are the masterpiece of God. And if we want His peace in our life, the very first thing we do is just acknowledging that, putting our faith and trust in Him. Some of us might feel like you're worthless. Maybe you feel like you're insignificant. You feel like, I'm just one person on this planet of whatever, seven billion people. I'm not special. You don't know my past. You don't know the addictions that I face, the things that I struggle with. You don't understand that. But God, but God, well, you don't understand what I've done. But God, you don't understand my past. But God, you don't understand. You, you don't know. I just, uh, but God wants to make you new in Christ Jesus and he can change you in a moment. So the last thing to write down in your notes is this. If you don't like yourself, let God remake you. Scripture says that we, we can become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. The new has come. He wants to make us into his masterpiece. God is the potter and you are the clay. The clay does not argue with the potter. Oh, I don't want to be made into that. The craftsman shapes it into what he wants it to be. You are God's masterpiece. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you now. And we know that we are your masterpiece, made new in Christ Jesus. And we thank you that even when we feel like maybe we're worthless, we're not good enough, even when we feel like I just don't have what it takes, that you have said that we are your masterpiece. And we believe we're somebody because you don't make junk. And we want to we put you first. Bless each person that's here, Lord. For some of you here, maybe you've never crossed that line of faith and you're still, kind of like we said, uh, feel like you're living bound by sin. Maybe you feel like you're, you are the subject of God's anger. And God's saying, come on, you're my masterpiece. I want to give you a second chance. I want to make you new. Let God remake you today. Scripture says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead and you say with your mouth that he's Lord, that you'll be saved. So what we're going to do, we're going to just say a a simple prayer right now. And and I would invite everyone here that that just wants to to recommit their life to Christ, to to take this step. But especially those of you that maybe, maybe you've never made a step of faith before, or maybe you did when you were a kid, but you feel like you certainly haven't been living then I would encourage you to pray this with me. Dear God, thank you for making me your masterpiece. I know I'm worth something. You've made me valuable. And you've given me everything I need to do what you want me to do. I believe Jesus came to life again. And I believe that he's my Lord. So please make me new. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I actually, LaValle, can you guys come up here? Come on up here. We got, uh, we got Ben here. And Ben is getting ready to blast off 
to the good old Navy. So uh, come on up here. Today, I think, right? Come on up here. Come on, Dad. And so we're just going to pray for Ben and for his family, and we're just going to bless him. And so if you just join together with us as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Ben. And we ask you to bless him. He is your masterpiece. And we know that you've made him new in Christ Jesus. Give him your strength, your endurance, your ability. As he faces these challenges, these obstacles, not only physical, but emotionally and spiritually. And Lord, I know there's a lot that's going to try to drag him down in many different ways. That's going to try to pull him and, and try to get his eyes taken off of you. But just give him your strength. Help him to keep his eyes fixed firmly on you. Bless him. Bless his family, Lord. And I know how that is, having a loved one go off for, and not knowing when you're going to see him again. And just bless the entire family. Give them all your strength, your grace, your love. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.